0: Kia ora, and welcome to Whispers of Grace, a place for women to be encouraged by God's Holy Word. I'm your host, Julie Colbeth, and I am overjoyed to dig into the Bible with you today. Kia ora, and welcome back to Whispers of Grace. It is so good to have all of you back this week as we are going to be talking about the Sabbath, which I think is such an interesting topic So my husband and I have lived in a lot of different places. When we were in Bible college, we moved around a lot. We were in California. We were in Hungary. We have moved to New Zealand twice now. (laughs) We've done a lot of moving. But there was one community that we lived in in New Jersey that had a very high percentage of Jewish Orthodox families that lived there. And we actually lived right in front of the synagogue. So we got to see the comings and goings of all of these families and throughout the seasons of the year, we would see them celebrating all the different feast days. It was so cool in the fall when it was usually like September, October, they would celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles and they would build these little huts, sometimes on their driveway or in their backyard. You could see them covered in blue tarps and around dinnertime, they'd be eating their meals out there. And the kids would be playing in the area. And it was just so cool to see all of the feast days observed. And everybody are walking to synagogue on Saturdays. And it was really, really cool to be immersed in this community. Although it was also difficult because we were pretty shunned by the majority of the people that lived there. Sometimes they would cross the street and not even want to walk on the same side of the street with a woman who didn't have her head covered. So it was really interesting. But I loved watching their community and seeing how it worked. We're going to talk a lot about the intricacies of the Sabbath rules today. So it kind of brought all of that to my mind. Last week in Exodus, we talked about God providing the manna and the quail. And although the Israelites complained, he showed them patience and grace. This is such a difficult and faithless people. But even in the beginning, God is so patient with them, teaching them things. So it was wonderful to notice the faithfulness of God, even when Israel was faithless. But we are going to finish the section that we started last week in Exodus 16. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day, and the house of Israel called its name manna, and it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it, to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord, to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna for forty years, until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. So this is our first mention of God giving the Jews the Institute of Sabbath. And we're going to contextually understand what the Sabbath was for the Jewish community in the days of Moses. We're going to talk a little bit about how it changed in the days of Jesus. And then we're going to explore what Sabbath means for New Testament Christians like us now. Okay, so the Sabbath, it is initially modeled after God's rest on the seventh day of creation. As you remember, he created everything in six days, and then it says on the seventh day, that he rested, that he blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it, which means that he made it holy. He set this day aside for joy, for peace, for enjoyment, sitting back and enjoying all of the good things. This is what God did on the seventh day because he was pleased with all the things that he had created. So he set an entire day aside where he could just enjoy the work of his hands. He could fellowship with his creation because God certainly didn't need the rest. It is not as though those six days of creation really took it out of him and now he's tired and needs to recharge. He set the day aside purely for enjoyment and he also set it aside as an example for us because it will be referenced again and again and again that God even rested on the seventh day. That's always something to consider. If God himself did something, there has to be absolute wisdom in it, even when we don't see it or understand. I feel like that's a pretty good thing to rely on. God did this, so it must be a good idea. But this rest, this Sabbath day, will actually become the fourth commandment for Israel. They don't have the Ten Commandments yet, but we're coming up to that section, and it will be the fourth commandment. It says, remember the Sabbath day, By keeping it holy, six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath, and made it holy that's from exodus chapter 20 verse 8 through 11 so that is what the fourth commandment says It's very important to keep the sabbath day so god is setting out this sabbath as a separation between the sacred the holy because it says he sanctified it and the mundane the average the day-to-day tasks and chores and work that all of us experience so we see here that sabbath is intentional It is thoughtful, and it is planned, because the people had to go out and gather twice as much manna the day before, and they had to prepare all of their meals before the Sabbath day. And God enforced this in the beginning, because he didn't provide any manna on the seventh day. So even though it says some of those people left their homes to go look for the manna, it wasn't there. So he actually didn't even allow the people to work. He was teaching them something by enforcing the Sabbath. He told them not to leave their homes, but to remain settled where they were. He did not want them going outside of their homes looking for something to do, looking for something to gather. He wanted them to remain. Now, like I said, it took thoughtful preparation and it did create a lot of extra work the day before because there was the gathering of wood and the cleaning, the baking and the cooking. They were probably finishing up the wash and tidying around the house because they couldn't do any of those things on the Sabbath. So here we see an important principle. True observance of the Sabbath was meant to be thoughtful, holy, and prioritized. The people gathered twice as much manna and did twice as much work, twice as much baking and cooking in order to prepare for the rest. So it was important enough to set aside the day before to prepare for it. Now, the Jewish leaders would elaborate on all of these Sabbath rules. They created basic tenets, and then they built specific rules based on all of those tenets. So if this is something you haven't ever looked at, it is incredible. You can just Google it to find out a whole bunch of interesting information about all the specifics about Sabbath. Like, you can't carry wood in your arms on the Sabbath because that would be bearing a burden. But you can carry the wood on the backs of your hands, because that is not the same thing. In communities where there is a very high percentage of Orthodox Jews, they will sometimes install this continuous wire or string. It is called an aruv. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I never noticed until I knew what they were. But it's this continuous boundary line and it stretches around an entire group of homes or a community. And it allows items to be carried or pushed on the Sabbath because it is technically inside the boundaries of their home. Because remember here, God is telling the Israelites not to leave their home. So it kind of pushes the boundaries out so they can do more things like they can actually carry their baby or they could carry a book or even their reading glasses or their house keys because these things they otherwise couldn't do. They couldn't carry their baby. They couldn't even pick up their house keys to leave. So with this aruv, it allows the elderly to use a walker to gather together with their family members to observe Shabbat, and it allows families to be together. And you imagine not being able to carry your child or push a pram anywhere with your kid in it. So that is why they have installed these aruvs so the family can stay together and the community can have a bit more freedom on Sabbath. My husband actually used to work in Lakewood in New Jersey, which is a very high Orthodox Jewish community. And they had these aruvs that were attached everywhere. And my husband is an arborist, so they would work with bucket trucks and up in trees. And he said that one time, I don't know if he was there or he just heard a story about it, but the aruv actually became disconnected. It was accidentally torn were cut or something happened with it. And he said that the women actually stopped pushing their prams and everybody just froze in place because their boundary line had now been cut. So in order to not defile the Sabbath, they had to stop pushing their baby carriages and just wait for that string to be reconnected for it to be stitched back together so they had the boundaries of their home. The Orthodox community takes Sabbath or Shabbat very, very seriously. They do now, They did in Jesus's day, and they are learning to do that here in Israel's day. But the question is, what should our Christian perspective of Sabbath be? Should we still follow the Sabbath rules? Because I know a lot of Christians that are torn about this. Some believe one way and some believe another. Well, as I was thinking and praying about this, I thought about the book of Hebrews. Because Hebrews is written to the Hebrews to a Jewish mindset and it is trying to help the Jewish mindset understand what the new dispensation of Christ was going to look like. So the book of Hebrews it shows the superiority of Christ over the Jewish system because Christ it says is better than the angels. Christ is better than Moses. He is better than the Aaronic priesthood. Christ is better than the law. It shows over and over again how Christ is superior, how he fulfilled the Judaic system. And because he himself fulfilled and completed the law on our account, we can have freedom. Now we know that. We've been handed a better covenant through the life and sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus. But in Hebrews 4, it tells us that Jesus has become our Sabbath rest. He has completed the work of our salvation, and we can enter into his eternal rest because of his work. Now, like I said before, in the days of Jesus, there were 39 types of work that were prohibited. Again, you can look them all up, but it included things like no carrying of any burden, like I said about the wood before, no burning. So this included striking a flint or even a match today. You couldn't light a stove. You can't even throw a toothpick into the fire because it would be a violation of the Sabbath law. This includes driving because driving burns fuel in your car and there's no burning on the Sabbath. There's no sewing, no finishing of a project. So you can't finish repairs. You can't tear something. Including paper. So, this includes toilet paper. You can't tear a piece of toilet paper. So, they actually have stacks of pre cut toilet paper that are specifically to be used on the Sabbath. There's no winding of clocks. You can't blow up water balloons. It specifically says that. You can't blow up water balloons or a flotation like those water wings that you put on your kids in the pool because that would all be work. You can't write something. You can't erase something. You can't untie a knot. You can't spin or weave. There's no building. There's no buying or selling. There's no cooking, including the boiling of water. And the list goes on and on and on. There are so many things that were not allowed on the Sabbath. Now, Jesus, he specifically did good works on the Sabbath day because he was proving a point You remember, he healed the man that had the shriveled hand on the Sabbath, and it says that the Pharisees were closely watching him to see if he would actually heal this man on the Sabbath, because he wanted Israel to understand the heart of the law. Sabbath is about restoration. It's about a wholeness, and he is fulfilling that type of rest. Jesus was showing that this man with the withered hand needs restoration. He needs wholeness. He needs to enter into a rest. And God was providing that for him. In Mark two twenty three, we read, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful for only priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus was accused of breaking the Sabbath here because his disciples were plucking those grains of wheat. And they were threshing, right? They were probably rubbing them together in their hands and eating the little bits of wheat that were inside of them. And that was considered work, which was not allowed on the Sabbath. But Jesus points to the time when David was incredibly hungry and out running for his life and ate the consecrated showbread that was in the tabernacle. This was a huge deal in that time, but Jesus is pointing out that the need of men was higher than the holiness of these objects. And then he says something amazing. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, the heart of the Sabbath is restoring what is broken and tired. We have to have faith to believe that God will complete what he has started. It says here that God created the Sabbath for man. That means that we are not supposed to be enslaved to it, but it is supposed to set us free from overworking. The law, religion, and legalism, it enslaves us, but the gospel of Jesus Christ sets us free. This is something that we've talked about over and over again on the podcast about how Jesus came to give us freedom. We are not supposed to be enslaved to legalism because we could never fulfill the law. This is exactly what the Pharisees did. They tried, their entire lives were devoted to keeping the law, but their hearts were far from God. And Jesus tells us that he is the Lord of the Sabbath because he is the God of deep peace. He is our true rest. He is the source of our deep rest. And the day of rest is just a picture of what Jesus himself fulfills. Jesus is the Sabbath. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 11, when Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This was Jesus just flipping the system on its head because the yoke of the law is heavy and burdensome and crushing. It is that schoolmaster that shows us that we can't get perfect marks, which should drive us to Christ. We should long to take on his yoke because he tells us that it is easy and light. Now, why is it easy and light? It's easy and light because he has fulfilled the requirement for us. He has borne the brunt of the law and fulfilled it so we don't have to. So if you are straining under a yoke of burden, know that God has already paid that debt. He has taken the burden on himself. And if you choose to bear it again, that's on you because Christ has already done the work. But it takes a lot of faith and intentionality to believe that, to remind ourselves because we forget So there are lots and lots of good opinions and perspectives on what the Sabbath should actually look like for Christians today. I know some people that follow very strict rules. They still do the no buying and selling. They don't do screens or travel or cooking or any of those things. And they try to observe some of the Sabbath rules. For other people, it's become a hallowed day where they just go to church, they attend, maybe they rest for the rest of the day. But the day is mostly for relaxation and togetherness. We all celebrate these things differently. I know people that light candles, they play certain games, they eat a specific meal, or they say specific prayers. And then there's other Christians that actually work on a Sunday, or they have sports events that they do with their kids. So everybody does it differently. We as a family actually had a season where we instituted a formal Sabbath. When we were the pastoral family at our church, we really needed to set aside time to observe quiet and a ceasing from our work. So we had similar rules. We didn't have screens. We would light candles at dinner. We would make lots of time for board games and togetherness. And it wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was really hard to set that time aside, or it was frustrating because you had all this time to think. And it actually ended up being a difficult day for us time and time again. But it was essential for us at that point because our lives were so full. We were so busy and we needed to preserve that time to put everything down and rest. Now we don't do that anymore, but I know a lot of families where that really works for them. What is most important, what is vital is to not be legalistic about your views of Sabbath because that type of thinking is exactly what Jesus challenged the Pharisees on when he healed or when he allowed his disciples to glean on the Sabbath. He was trying to point out that they were so concerned with their self-righteousness that they had become judgmental. They didn't even want to see a man healed on the Sabbath. That is what it does to your heart. It can corrupt you. And remember, our beliefs, our relationship with Christ, it is not, I obey, therefore I am accepted, which we fall into so easily. And that is that pharisaical mindset that just wants to take hold and tell you, I obey, therefore I am accepted. But it's not that. It is, I am accepted, therefore I obey. Don't get this backwards or you will just be living a pharisaical life, trying desperately to prove that you're holy and judging other people who don't think like you do. Remember, the book of Hebrews, it tells us again and again that Jesus fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law so we could be free. We are supposed to cling to Jesus in faith, not gain his approval through our works. Now, remember, Moses, he told Aaron to keep a pot of manna as a testimony of God's goodness. He told them to keep some of it for later so they could remember. And that manna didn't go bad. It didn't stink or breed worms because it was kept as a testimony of God's faithfulness. Now, this little pot of manna, would eventually end up inside of the Ark of the Covenant as a perpetual reminder of God's provision. The fact that he provided for the Israelites for those 40 years when they had nothing else, that God showed up in a miraculous way to meet their needs. He needed them to remember. Because God knows that we need to be reminded that he is our provider that he is our rest, and he promises to finish what he started. We need to have enough faith to stop from all of our doing and our business because God gave us a great model when he created the world and then he rested on the seventh day. Resting one day in seven, it takes faith, absolutely, because we have to believe that God will accomplish things in his own timing And in his own way. So often it's like, oh, I just want to complete this or do that. But we have to trust that God has things in his own timing. And Sabbath was a great way to reinforce that mindset. So the question is, do you have enough faith to stop? Do you have enough faith to rest? And to just admire all of the goodness of God, all the good things that he has done and given Because God rested from his work and enjoyed the fruits of his labor. He just sat back in enjoyment on that seventh day, in fellowship with all the good things that he made. Are you enjoying your life? Are you enjoying your family and your calling? Are you thankful? Are you intentional about how you spend your time? Or are you always just running on autopilot trying to get things done? Are you working from a place of resting in God's completed work, or are you trying to work towards it? God knew that we would not take the right amount of time to rest, to be still, and to enjoy, and that is why he gave us the Sabbath. It says that the Sabbath was created for man. He knew that we needed it. To heal us of our overproducing, of our overworking, of our never ceasing hustle and grind. He knew what we needed, and that is why He gave the gift of the Sabbath. He gave them a day off. He gives us a day off. He didn't even allow them to go out and gather their food for the day. So I hope that we can adopt that same mindset of trust and faithfulness that's being modeled for us in resting in the Lord let's be intentional about taking time to cease from our doing and about enjoying fellowship with God and with other people because when we hope that these things happen so often they just slide by I know there have been large seasons of my life with my kids and my family that I feel like we're gone in a blink because I just got too busy I got overly focused on other things that I thought were good things, that were good things, but I missed out. And a lot of times I exhausted myself. Part of my story is that I burned out hard from ministry because I didn't take the time to rest. I pushed myself too hard because I thought that it was what God had called me to do, and I didn't listen to all these promptings. So I encourage you, Please don't push yourself to the point of burnout. (laughs) Please be sure that you take intentional time to shut everything down, to turn off your phone and to be with your people, to be with your family and your friends, to be with Jesus, to have quiet time set aside to meet with him because he's the one that wants to fulfill you. He is your Sabbath rest, but you have to allow him to be. You have to show up. Don't be like the Israelites that even though they had a double portion of manna in their home, they still went out to gather because they were disappointed and more exhausted for nothing. Trust that God has you and that he's given you moments to enjoy your life. I pray that you would take them and that you would be intentional about it and not get swept out in the busyness of seasons and life, but that we would enjoy the good things that God has given to us.